Hey guys, good morning. Hope you're having a blessed morning so far. As you see, I'm not in my car. I'm in an office. I'm not in my car. Uh, but I wanted to go over some of these points. And by the way, I'm expecting a, an important call. So if I have to cut the live stream short, I'll come back on later. But I wanted to talk about what we discussed in yesterday's Remnant Leaders meeting. So some, some of you were able to join the Remnant Leaders meeting. And we had a, a great mix of people on Zoom. And we discussed things. I did not record the meeting because there were things that I feel like were a little bit sensitive that I didn't want to just be out there in the public domain. And, and so I wanted to give that opportunity and that environment for, that's why I had the call. So we'll have another one if you weren't able to make it. Uh, but thank you for tuning into this live stream. Now I'm going to read a little bit this morning because people have been asking me, and again, I told you I, I have an important call that I'm expecting. So if it comes, I'm so sorry, I have to get it. Uh, but I will also come back on live after the call. So anyways, um, I want to talk about the 10 steps that the remnant can, can do to take back our nation. One of the biggest questions that I get on the radio, social media, people writing me, people are saying, what can we do to take back our country? You know, people are concerned. They're concerned about the direction that they're seeing the nation go in. They're concerned about the uh, executive orders that uh, the current quote unquote administration is enacting. Uh, they're concerned about the entirety of the direction that we're going as a nation. It's, it's the wrong direction. It's not the right direction. As you can see, we're going back into theaters of war in the Middle East. You know, this is the first time President Trump was bringing troops home. Uh, now they're, they're putting troops back and they're doing it covertly. And if you have somebody that you know that's in the military, you'll know this is happening. They're being activated. They're being sent. So this is concerning. So I want to talk about some things that we can do right now. And this isn't the end all be all, by the way. This is a, a developing conversation. So this conversation is going to continue. Uh, we're going to have more ideas that maybe I don't mention, uh, but I'm speaking with some of the most intelligent minds around the nation, some of the most intelligent people uh, that are that are in this battle, and they're they're giving these suggestions. We're talking, uh, we're thinking, we're strategizing, we're praying. Most important, and asking the Lord for divine strategy and wisdom. So, uh, you know, I can't talk about it on this platform because unfortunately I'd be banned and taken down right away. But I will say I'm very concerned about what did take place in 2020. I don't feel that it's over. Uh, I don't feel that we're just supposed to move forward and, and not look at what just happened, not talk about it. I think we have to talk about it. I think we have to uh, address the, the elephant in the room about 2020. And so uh, I think you know what I'm talking about there. I'm not going to mention it because, like, as I said, they'll take me down from this uh, platform. But number one, we can shop local. So corporations have become activists. They're working against us. They're contributing in large amounts to organizations like Planned Parenthood and others. Uh, we need to look at what our dollars are going to. Uh, many people call the Christian community the silent majority. You know, patriots, Christians conservatives, the silent majority. Well, why are we silent? We can't be silent anymore. I know they try to censor us because that's what they try to do with truth, but we have to be out there and in their face. And so one of the things that we can do is look at the corporations that we're funding. And uh, we're going to be going into this in extreme detail in the next couple of months where we're going to be exposing one by one the companies. And I know people say, well, I only live in a small town and there's only a couple of companies. Where else can I shop? And I get it. Uh, but when you're able, shop local. When you're able, find companies that are 
uh, in, you know, either not activists, you know, I don't mind if they're just neutral. Companies should be neutral, right? Why are they activists? Why are they out there uh, supporting causes that half the country, if not more, don't like? Well, that's because we've been quiet and we haven't said anything. So we need to be out there. Our buy dollars make a big difference. Let me tell you, I've been in the corporate world. I've been in the meetings. And when there's a major event that happens, maybe they get some bad publicity or something, you better believe they have a board meeting and they have a meeting about it and they talk about it and they say, we need to get a PR firm uh, and, and push back against this narrative because they get worried about the bottom line. So don't think that we can't affect the bottom line. We absolutely can affect the bottom line of these corporations. Number two, we need to get active in the community level. What do I mean by that? You know, I say if you're able, and I know with COVID, there hasn't been in-person meetings in some of these meetings, but a lot of them are getting back to this. Some of them have never stopped. We got to bring 10 people with us. Bring people from your church, your family, to town hall, city council meetings, school board meetings, and other like gatherings. We have to uh, be the squeaky wheel, guys, okay? Uh, there's been a small group of people that have been out there steering the direction of our community. There's a good saying, and it says, uh, all politics is local. It's a saying in the political world. Most people don't get involved. In fact, it's, this is kind of a sad thing, but as I go around the country and talk different places, I ask people, who's your congressman? Who's your senator? And you'd be shocked to know how many people don't even know who their congressman is or who their senator is. So the, our congressperson should literally know our name. I'll give you an example. When I was in California and, uh, you know, Brad Sherman was my congressman. He is a uh, far leftist, okay? He does not like anything that I like pretty much. But I better, I'll tell you, when I was in the supermarket and Brad Sherman was there, he knew who I was. And he ran for me, actually. He didn't want to talk to me. But, but he knew who I was. And I'm not bragging, but I, I really think that we need to all be active when it comes to our local officials. They should know us. They should hear from us. It's extremely important. Uh, so get involved at the, at the community level. Number three, live and create our own ecosystem. What does that mean? Well, we've been living, quote unquote, on social media platforms, like this one, um, where they censor. They, you know, we, we watch uh, movies that are, that are bad as the Christian community. We shouldn't be watching that. The eyes are the window of the soul, right? Our entertainment that's designed to condition us, censor us. And I say no more. We have to come out from Babylon. It's time that we have our own platforms. If you noticed, um, you know, I've been posting. I had an interview with the Clout Hub CEO the other day, and we talked about his platform. I'm on there. I'm on Parler. I'm on uh, Telegram. And yet a good portion of those that I communicate with on a regular basis only see me on Facebook. I don't mind Facebook. I mean, as long as look, I tell everybody, they're going to kick me off one of these days. It hasn't happened yet, but they're going to kick me off one of these days. And so we need to be prepared for this and we need to get off their ecosystem. We have to have our own ecosystem. So, you know, get on some of these other platforms so that when they try to censor, they can't. And we can actually speak what we want to say because we should have a voice. Freedom of speech is a fundamental right of an American citizen. We should be able to have a voice, right? And, but yet they've been trying to censor us and silence us. And so again, I'm not against staying on Facebook or Twitter, but you know, uh, we have to reach the loss. So that's, that's what we can do, right? But I think we should not limit ourselves to those platforms. We, you know, they want to silence us. We have to fight for free speech. This needs to be uh, the way that we share our views freely, our beliefs, our values, 
And we also need to understand that the news is propaganda. So that's number four, four out of 10. I'll try to get through these as quick as I can, but I think they're all important. And by the way, they're not in any particular order. So number four is alternative news and research. I don't know if you guys remember, I had Kurt Cameron on the program uh, a few weeks back. He's been doing the fireside uh, revival meetings. Thank you, Kurt, for doing that. You're a patriot. We appreciate you. And, um, and anyway, so, uh, you know, he was saying we got to go to the source document. I said, who do you get your news from? He mentioned he, he goes to Remnant News. That's an honor. Uh, he, he says he listens to our live streams. Thank you, Kurt. That's an extreme honor. I appreciate that. And we, we listen to you. But here's the thing is, is that uh, he said you got to go to the source document. So what does that mean? We can't just believe and trust everything the, mean, the, mid, the mainstream, excuse me, mainstream media is saying. The corporate mainstream media, and I call it corporate because they are corporately owned, is owned by uh, 90% by six corporations. The information they share is propagandized, predetermined narratives, messaging that's designed to socially condition us and set us up to be controlled. You ever wonder why they say the things that they do? Uh, we must understand this and we, we can't fall victim to their agenda. The Bible says, test the spirits. I call the mainstream media the modern day prophets of Baal. They literally are prophets of Baal. And they're giving us false information, propagandized information, controlled narratives. So we have to understand it. So what do we do? We do our own research. I know it's exhausting. I know it takes extra effort. But I, you know, if I see somebody reporting on what somebody said, guess what I do? I look for the video of what they actually said. You know, I listen to their actual speech. Um, you know, don't just believe everything that they're saying out there, you know, because we can't. Uh, unfortunately, that's the situation that we're in right now. It's kind of like George Orwell's 1984. Um, you know, so it, there was actually a commission called the Church Commission that was, and it had nothing to do with the church. It was a, the gentleman's last name uh, that they put together about the CIA being involved in the mainstream media. It was called Operation Mockingbird. It's not a conspiracy. This is uh, mainstream information. It's out there. Operation Mockingbird. Look it up. So we know that the mainstream media is corrupt. Uh, number five, don't stop fighting for what just happened in 2020. Now, I can't get into this one in detail on this live stream because of some of the things we're saying. But we can't simply forget and move on. The world is watching. I will tell you this. I talked to people from Israel. I talked to people from all around the country, uh, all around the world, uh, Western Europe, Eastern Europe. Uh, who did I talk to the other day? A missionary from South Africa. And they say they're looking at America and they're saying, what in the world is going on with the Christians in America? Why are they just allowing what just happened to happen? Why aren't they pushing back? Why aren't they saying anything? They can't believe that the church is kind of quiet on this because they just don't understand. They're looking at what just happened in the 2020 elections. and They're like, really? You guys aren't upset about this? You're not saying anything? They're, they're shocked at the American church. Well, we're the remnant warriors. We're the Gideons 300. We're not that group of people. We are speaking about it. Uh, we believe there will be some type of breakthrough where we will see those who perpetuated the acts caught. Uh, the Bible says what has been done in darkness will be brought to the light. Uh, I don't believe these people will ultimately get away with this. Too many are interceding. Uh, we want to fight for future voter integrity. Uh, you know, become poll watchers. Uh, hold elected officials accountable. Speak to them about what's happened. Don't let this conversation die. You know, talk about the machines, talk about all the different things. So anyways, very, very important. Um, number six, very near and dear to my heart. The church must change the church. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> it's time for America to have an encounter with God. 
I would say, you, you ever been to a Billy Graham crusade? I actually got saved at the age of eight at a Billy Graham crusade. You know, now I kind of had a season in my teens that I was away from the Lord, but that was my initial connection to God was a Billy Graham crusade. America needs to have a big Billy Graham crusade. We need to come to the altar, have an encounter with Jesus. Uh, you know, I talked about this yesterday. We never can go back to apathy again. We can't allow tyranny to take over, not on our watch, okay? The church has the power to push back the spirit of Antichrist, amen. The enemy knows the power we have when we walk in the authority of God's Holy Spirit. Now, here's something very big. I've been getting a lot of flack for this one, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's important. No more celebrity pastors. What does that mean? Well, I know there's some well-known pastors. Does that mean they're a celebrity pastor? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about well-known pastors. You can't help being well-known if the Lord has given you a platform. That's fine. If he's anointed you and raised you up, that's fine. If you're walking in, in fear and trembling in, in honor of the Lord in a good way, good, good fear, healthy fear, that's good. And you know what? God does raise up certain people. So I'm not against that. But I'm talking about celebrity in the terms of a pastor that wants to be a celebrity. Stop it. If you want to be a celebrity, go be an actor. If you want to be a celebrity, go do that. If that's, if that's what you feel your call is. But shepherds are pastors. Pastors are shepherds. We're supposed to be shepherding a flock, shepherding, mentoring, having time. You ever see these pastors? You can't even talk to them. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> You're supposed to have a heart for people. So, you know, this has been the problem. There's been a disconnect, and it, it, it's a little scary that we've allowed this. And so I think we have to talk about it. And, and if you want to be a celebrity, go, go be in Christian movies or something. But if you want to be a pastor, be a shepherd. You know, we're not here to, to bash pastors. That's not what I'm doing. Pastoring is a very difficult job, and I have a lot of respect for pastors. But I'm just saying the celebrity culture taking in the culture of the world. We shouldn't be taking in the worldly culture. We should be leading, being the head and not the tail. Jesus is always relevant. Jesus is always relevant. Uh, somebody mentioned on here, Jack Hibbs sermons are great. Exactly. Jack Hibbs is a well-known pastor, but he's a remnant guy. I love Jack Hibbs. He was on my show. So, you know, not all mega church pastors are bad. There's some remnant people that are mega church pastors, you know, some great people. But I'm just saying, you know who I'm talking about when I say those that are trying to be too cool for school. That's not what we're supposed to be as pastors. So we're going to start talking about this because it needs to be addressed. Unfortunately, we've gotten a little off course in this area, maybe a lot off course, you know. Uh, we got to be worrying about getting people saved, set free, healed, and delivered in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, let me just add this. During the coronavirus, okay, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. I couldn't believe, I don't know about you, how few churches were laying hands on the sick. We either believe it or we don't, right? We either believe it or we don't. Do we lay hands on the sick? The Bible also says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. So yes, we can be cautious and wise. And I'm not saying, you know, bring out a bunch of vulnerable people and, and get them all sick. But I have to believe that the church is a hospital and that when you lay hands on the sick, they get healed, right? So hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, okay, so this kind of goes into the next one. So number six was the church must change. Number seven is go to a remnant church, support remnant ministries. Now, this one is important because, unfortunately, a lot of people say, well, this church never says anything about this particular issue. I've actually talked to churches. You guys know I pastored in L.A. 17 years. And, and I will tell you, there's pastors in the L.A. area that I would talk to that literally say, well, Todd, we don't, we don't preach that part of the Bible. We don't preach that part of the Bible. I, I looked at them. I said, what do you mean you don't preach that part of the Bible? That just, 
that blows my mind. What are you talking about? Like, we have to preach the whole Bible, the full Bible. So remnant churches are important. Usually remnant churches are smaller. Not always. Like we mentioned Jack Hibbs. I think there's some other big remnant pastors out there. You guys know who I'm talking about, some good ones. Uh, I don't like to start naming names because then I forget other people. Uh, but there's some big remnant pastors out there. But a lot of remnant churches are smaller. And so what, yes, yeah, somebody asked, is there a list of remnant churches we're going to be putting together, believe it or not. This is all the work that we're doing. It's extensive. It's, there's a lot of it. You can see I'm tired. Uh, but we're doing this type of work because people need to know this. And so we will be putting together in different cities remnant churches that we feel are, uh, are, are truly remnant churches. But, you know, many churches are silent on the pressing issues of our time. That's how we got to where we are. Uh, we have to really pray if we're planted in the right place. Um, ask God and his Holy Spirit for direction. Mega churches are not always bad, but often many largest, larger churches also got that way because of a motivational thing where they're tickling ears rather than pe preaching and teaching the full Bible. So we need to be actively making disciples, making an impact on our community. We also, again, need to get people saved, set free, healed, delivered, and preach the full Bible, the cross of Calvary, the blood of Jesus, repentance. Um, hey, we have a remnant ministry. Uh, you know, help us if you're able. You know, I'm, I, I hate to ask, but, you know, we got to sometimes ask because, unfortunately, we're doing all these things. We need to find ways to support the mission, right? Um, but, you know... It, Go to remnant churches if you're able. It's, it's really important. Don't be, uh, unless God has called you to be in a church uh, where you're somehow making a big difference there, that's a different story. That's why I say ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. Number eight, very important, very important. Do not be afraid of politics. Uh-oh. <laughs> Pastor Todd, you're too involved with politics. Well, the problem is, is that a lot of us weren't involved in politics. That's how our nation's got to where we are. We should be involved in all seven mountains of influence, including politics. The church can't be afraid of politics. Stop with the 501c3. Stop with the separation of church and state. The separation of church and state was never an issue. It was a letter to the Danbury Baptist Church from uh, the government, from Thomas Jefferson and his team, saying, look, we're going to stay out of the church. Not, not that the church was meant to stay out of, of, of the government. Our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian values and principles. Look at the people that were in the Continental Congress. Most of them were devout Christians, preaching the Bible, praying, right? So, uh, and, and I will tell you some of the comments I'm reading. Some people say, I can't fight a remnant church. Listen, God has connected us online for a purpose. Maybe we need to start having gatherings online, you know? I mean, you know, we can use technology to our advantage, but we're going to make sure that you have connection to remnant ministry. This is going to be one of our goals because we have to talk about these things, guys. We have to talk about these things. I'm so discouraged, but I, I'm not surprised that so many are not willing to talk about these very important and pressing issues that we all should be talking about. So pretty crazy, right? Yeah, somebody said gather online. Exactly. I think that's what we're going to have to start doing here. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to put that to our team and see what we can do. Maybe we can have a Sunday gathering online or something like that. Because you know what? I'm getting this a lot. And, uh, and I think that there's solutions here. So we'll, 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 we'll circle back like Saki. <laughs> I was just talking to Pastor Jim Gardo on the phone a few minutes ago. And uh, I said, I'll circle back. And I said, oh, man, I can't say circle back anymore. Jen Saki has taken over the term. I can't say it anymore. <laughs> when I say it, people laugh now. Uh, okay. Number, uh, so yeah, number eight, don't be afraid of politics. Pastors and churches need to be engaged politically. We also need to contact our elected officials. They need to hear from us. Our goal should be that they should literally know our name, as I said earlier. 
Um, number nine, this is important. Okay. I used to go to, um, you know, the, I was at the call DC, you know, Kansas city had one thing. There was a couple of, you know, it's in, part of the more charismatic, uh, group of, of the church body, but, but they would have these large gatherings of youth all around the country. Right. And, uh, those youth are now growing up. They're in their twenties, thirties, you know, the, these youth are growing up. So guess what? They need to run for office. We need Christians to get active in these offices, city council, local level, all the way to the highest level. We have to get involved. And there's some people that have been called. They have a governmental anointing, a governmental anointing. So if they have a governmental anointing, we need to raise up these people, help them, support them, get them in these positions. Uh, you know, city council, school board, you know, all these different things, because we need remnant believers in these positions. We have to be active. Some people have that calling. So uh, let's pray for those people. And they're out there. Trust me, they're out there. I go around the country. I was at Turning Point USA. And uh, I'll tell you, some of, most of those kids are Christian, by the way. And uh, these kids are brilliant. They're so smart, you know. So, okay. And I'm going to take a few questions after I'm done. I'm almost done here. Number 10, very, very important. Make disciples. Make disciples. My goodness. When I was younger, I had pastors when I was converting, when I was first becoming a real believer, I, even though I had been Christian in name, I had given my heart to Jesus. I had a Damascus Road encounter. You know, it was part of my testimony. And guess what? There was pastors that were willing to sit with me at coffee, at lunch, and mentor me, and, and spend time with me, and pour into me. And that is a good reason of why I'm the way I am today. We need to pour into others. We need to mentor others. We need to, you know, this is super, super important. So, um, so that's number 10. Now, of course, as I said, there's more. I just put together an initial list off the, you know, through prayer and through talking with others. And, you know, we could go into each one of these 10 points in, in much greater detail. Uh, but this is kind of what we shared on an, in a nutshell on the Zoom call. Now, I'm going to take a few questions. I see some questions coming through. Let me just scroll back down and see if I can see some of these questions here. So, uh. Okay, yeah, people are asking where the remnant churches are. We will get back to that for sure. Yes, J, uh, JG, I know, we're hungry for the truth. That's awesome because the Bible says hunger and thirst for righteousness, and that's who we are as the remnant, Gideon's 300. Amen. Um, awesome, Becky, you said you'd join online. I really think we got something here. Um, uh, Denora, you're asking about remnant churches in Miami. Uh, we'll have to, uh, I'll have to get back to you on that one. See, I almost said circle back. You hear that? Uh, we'll have to get back to you on that one. Uh, but I believe there are some, Florida has a lot of remnant believers, a lot of remnant churches out there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head about Miami area, but let me, let me get back to you on that. Uh, Michelle, you said, oh gosh, I can't find one either. So yeah, see, this is the common theme. Uh, and thank you for being on the zoom. And yes, I think that zoom group could literally kind of, uh, turn into something like what we're talking about, where we have almost like a church service and we gather uh, and have remnant believers. Maybe we do it once a week. I mean, why not, right? Uh, so let, let's pray about that because I don't want to just do something if it's not of the Lord. But if this is something that God's saying, maybe we pray about that and we meet once a week. Uh, but I do want to also desire to find uh, remnant churches in your community. So we're going to be actively looking for that. Um, let's see, Daphne said, yes, Christian youth need to run, agreed. Uh, hey, Jamma, you said, Pastor Todd, I believe I have a word. Yes, there's an email. Uh, it's Todd.Coconado, which is my name, uh, Todd.Coconado at RLC, 
religiouslibertycoalitionus.org, rlcus.org. Thank you. Um, let's see. Paula, hey, hey. Thank you for saying that, Paula. That's a blessing, and I really appreciate you for making that comment. Um, Lucinda, you say, how can we interact with you and your support team? Thank you. Well, um, you can email me at todd.coconado at rlcus.org. Uh, we also have a Telegram account set up, and I'm going to be putting together something for the remnant leaders where we can chat. So stay tuned on that. Uh, but for right now, you can email me. We'd love to hear from you, Lucinda. Uh, and you said, can DeSantis and Trump run together? <laughs> well, that's the talk. He won, he won the straw poll, DeSantis, at uh, CPAC. So um, 